This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. What does the Old Testament, especially the Old Testament law, have to do with your Christian life? Keep listening after the episode to find out more. And by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. Get in the Word with Truth's Table. Presented by Innervar City Press. The Daily Audio Bible Podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwan. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes, that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading, Amos chapter 5, beginning at verse 18. The Lord demands justice. Woe to those who wish for the day of the Lord. Why do you want the Lord's day of judgment to come? It will bring darkness, not light. Disaster will be inescapable as if a man ran from a lion only to meet a bear, then escaped into a house, leaned his hand against the wall, and was bitten by a poisonous snake. Don't you realize the Lord's day of judgment will bring darkness, not light? Gloomy blackness, not bright light? I absolutely despise your festivals. I get no pleasure from your religious assemblies. Even if you offer me burnt and grain offerings, I will not be satisfied. I will not look with favor on your peace offerings of fattened calves. Take away from me your noisy songs. I don't want to hear the music of your stringed instruments. Justice must flow like torrents of water, righteous actions like a stream that never dries up. You did not bring me sacrifices and grain offerings during the 40 years you spent in the wilderness, family of Israel. You will pick up your images of Sikuth, your king, and Kiyun, your star god, which you made for yourselves. And I will drive you into exile beyond Damascus, says the Lord. He is called the God of heaven's armies. Amos chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. The party is over for the rich. Woe to those who live in ease in Zion, to those who feel secure on Mount Samaria. They think of themselves as the elite class of the best nation. The family of Israel looks to them for leadership. They say to the people, journey over to Kaaneh and look at it, then go from there to Hamath Rabbah. They go down to Gath of the Philistines. Are they superior to our two kingdoms? Is their territory larger than yours? You refuse to believe a day of disaster will come, but you will establish a reign of violence. They lie around on beds decorated with ivory and sprawl out on their couches. They eat lambs from the flock and calves from the middle of the pen. They sing to the tune of stringed instruments. Like David, they invent musical instruments. They drink wine from sacrificial bowls and pour the very best oils on themselves. Yet they are not concerned over the ruin of Joseph. Therefore, 
they will now be the first to go into exile, and the religious banquets where they sprawl on couches will end. The Sovereign Lord confirms this oath by his very own life. The Lord God of heaven's armies is speaking. I despise Jacob's arrogance. I hate their fortresses. I will hand over to their enemies the city of Samaria and everything in it. If ten men are left in one house, they too will die. When their close relatives, the ones who will burn the corpses, pick up their bodies to remove the bones from the house, they will say to anyone who is in the inner rooms of the house, Is anyone else with you? He will respond, No one. Then he will say, Hush, don't invoke the Lord's name. Indeed, look, the Lord is giving the command. He will smash the large house to bits and the small house into little pieces. Can horses run on rocky cliffs? Can one plow the sea with oxen? Yet you have turned justice into a poisonous plant and the fruit of righteous actions into a bitter plant. You are happy because you conquered Lodebar. You say, did we not conquer Karnaim by our own power? Look, I am about to bring a nation against you, family of Israel. The Lord, the God who commands armies, is speaking. They will oppress you all the way from Libo Hamath to the stream of the Rift Valley. Amos chapter 7, beginning at verse 1. Symbolic Visions of Judgment The Sovereign Lord showed me this. I saw him making locusts, just as the crops planted late were beginning to sprout. The crops planted late sprout after the royal harvest. When they had completely consumed the earth's vegetation, I said, Sovereign Lord, forgive Israel. How can Jacob survive? He is too weak. The Lord decided not to do this. It will not happen, the Lord said. The Sovereign Lord showed me this. I saw the Sovereign Lord summoning a shower of fire. It consumed the great deep and devoured the fields. I said, Sovereign Lord, stop. How can Jacob survive? He is too weak. The Lord decided not to do this. The Sovereign Lord said, this will not happen either. He showed me this. I saw the Lord standing by a tin wall, holding tin in his hand. The Lord said to me, what do you see, Amos? I said, tin. The Lord then said, Look, I am about to place tin among my people Israel. I will no longer overlook their sin. Isaac's centers of worship will become desolate. Israel's holy places will be in ruins. I will attack Jeroboam's dynasty with the sword. Amos confronts a priest. Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent this message to King Jeroboam of Israel. Amos is conspiring against you in the very heart of the kingdom of Israel. The land cannot endure all his prophecies. As a matter of fact, Amos is saying this. Jeroboam will die by the sword and Israel will certainly be carried into exile away from its land. Amaziah said to Amos, leave you visionary. Run away to the land of Judah. Earn your living and prophesy there. Don't prophesy at Bethel any longer for a royal temple and palace are here. Amos replied to Amaziah, I was not a prophet by profession. No, I was a herdsman who also took care of sycamore fig trees. Then the Lord took me from tending flocks and gave me this commission. Go, prophesy to my people Israel. So now listen to the Lord's message. You say, don't prophesy against Israel. Don't preach against the family of Isaac. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. Your wife will become a prostitute in the streets and your sons and daughters will die violently. Your land will be given to others and you will die in a foreign land. Israel will certainly be carried into exile away from its land. Amos chapter 8, beginning at verse 1. More visions and messages of judgment. The Sovereign Lord showed me this. I saw a basket of summer fruit. He said, what do you see, Amos? I replied, a basket of summer fruit. Then the Lord said to me, the end has come for my people Israel. I will no longer overlook their sins. The women singing in the temple will wail in that day. The Sovereign Lord is speaking. There will be many corpses littered everywhere. Be quiet. Listen to this. You who trample the needy and do away with the destitute in the land. You say, when will the new moon festival be over so we can sell grain? When will the Sabbath end? 
so we can open up the grain bins. We're eager to sell less for a higher price and to cheat the buyer with rigged scales. We're eager to trade silver for the poor, a pair of sandals for the needy. We want to mix in some chaff for the grain. The Lord confirms this oath by the arrogance of Jacob. I swear, I will never forget all you have done. Because of this, the earth will quake, and all who live in it will mourn. The whole earth will rise like the Nile River. It will surge upward and then grow calm, like the Nile in Egypt. In that day, says the Sovereign Lord, I will make the sun set at noon and make the earth dark in the middle of the day. I will turn your festivals into funerals and all your songs into funeral dirges. I will make everyone wear funeral clothes and cause every head to be shaved bald. I will make you mourn as if you had lost your only son. When it ends, it will indeed have been a bitter day. Be certain of this. The time is coming, says the Sovereign Lord, when I will send a famine through the land, not a shortage of food or water, but an end to divine revelation. People will stagger from sea to sea and from the north around to the east. They will wander about looking for a message from the Lord, but they will not find any. In that day, your beautiful young women and your young men will faint from thirst. These are the ones who now take oaths in the name of the sinful idol goddess of Samaria. They vow, as surely as your God lives, O Dan, or as surely as your beloved one lives, O Beersheba, but they will fall down and not get up again. New Testament reading, Matthew chapter 26, verses 47 through 56. Betrayal and arrest. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs sent by the chief priests and elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him. Immediately he went up to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus said to him, Friend, do what you are here to do. They came and took hold of Jesus and arrested him. But one of those with Jesus grabbed his sword, drew it out, and struck the high priest's slave, cutting off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back in its place, for all who take hold of the sword will die by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot call on my father, and that he would send more than twelve legions of angels right now? How then would the scriptures that say it must happen this way be fulfilled? At that moment, Jesus said to the crowd, have you come out with swords and clubs to arrest me like you would an outlaw? Day after day, I sat teaching in the temple courts, yet you did not arrest me. But this has happened so that the scriptures of the prophets will be fulfilled. Then all the disciples left him and fled. Luke chapter 22, verses 47 through 53. Betrayal and arrest. While he was still speaking, suddenly a crowd appeared, and the man named Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He walked up to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? When those who were around him saw what was about to happen, they said, Lord, should we use our swords? Then one of them struck the high priest's slave, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus said, Enough of this! And he touched the man's ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, the officers of the temple guard, and the elders who had come out to get him, Have you come out with swords and clubs like you would against an outlaw? Day after day. When I was with you in the temple courts, you did not arrest me. But this is your hour, and that of the power of darkness. John chapter 18, verses 3 through 11. So Judas obtained a squad of soldiers and some officers of the chief priests and Pharisees. They came to the orchard with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, because he knew everything that was going to happen to him, came and asked them, Who are you looking for? They replied, Jesus the Nazarene. He told them, I am he. 
Now Judas, the one who betrayed him, was standing there with them. So when Jesus said to them, I am he, they retreated and fell to the ground. Then Jesus asked them again, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus, the Nazarene. Jesus replied, I told you that I am he. If you are looking for me, let these men go. He said this to fulfill the word he had spoken. I have not lost a single one of those whom you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, pulled it out and struck the high priest's slave, cutting off his right ear. Now the slave's name was Malchus. But Jesus said to Peter, put your sword back into its sheath. Am I not to drink the cup that the Father has given me? This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Sovereign Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you, O God, for the Holy Spirit who convicts us. Just the reading, of God, in the Old Testament about why are you asking for judgment? Why are you asking? Why are you begging for that? Like, we know not what we do. I know that I've been guilty oftentimes of asking, like, Jesus, correct this guy, because we're tired. There's just a lot going on. There's a lot of chaos in our world, socially, interpersonally, with the church. There's just a lot going on, and it is um, tiresome, and it's exhausting, oh God. But instead of praying for your judgment to come, we ought to pray for revival to come. That ought to be our first prayer, that revival would come, that salvation will be laid hold of by your grace, oh God, that you would help us, oh God, to turn from our proclivity toward evil and sin, oh God that we would desire to see righteousness reign in the world, oh God. That should be our prayer, that we would begin to see weapons of warfare plowed into garden tools used for flourishing and the thriving of everybody. Would you help us to pray for revival? Would you, oh God, begin to plant the seeds of revival through the gospel, oh Lord God, and that would permeate, oh God, throughout the whole earth, oh God, because we know, oh God, that your desire is that not anybody, that no one would miss Jesus. Thank you that you are patient. I thank you, oh God, that, that a thousand years, oh God, is like a day to you. Thank you, oh God, that you truly are full of mercy, full of compassion, and abounding with grace and love. Would you help us, oh Lord, to desire revival, to desire repentance, to desire our enemies become siblings, co-heirs with Christ along with us? Would you help us to desire that, oh God? And would you, Lord, when we um, have a temptation and we are tempted, when we are hard-pressed on every side and when we're caught between a rock and a hard place, oh Lord God, uh, and we are tempted to walk away from you and to leave you, oh God, in the ways that the disciples left you, when you had to drink the cup that the Father gave you, would you help us not to walk away? Would you help us, oh God, when the going gets tough, to stay by your grace, not by our willpower, not by our might, oh God, not by our own strength, but by your grace given to us in the gospel through the Holy Spirit? Would you strengthen us? Would you gird us? Would you um, help us, oh God, make us ready for these um, last days? Help us to know, oh God, that you will not lose one of us, oh God. So would you help us to make our calling and election sure and help us, oh God, to delight in you and to fix our eyes on Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith. Pray this in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Carmen Imes, author of Bearing God's Name, guides us to Sinai, the ancient mountain where Israel met their God. 
Imes argues that we've misunderstood the command about taking the Lord's name in vain and that instead the command is about bearing God's name, a theme that continues throughout the Bible. Revisit the story of Israel from wilderness to promising future and discover why Sinai still matters as you follow Jesus today. Get your copy of Bearing God's Name today at ivpress.com. And as a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code The Word. That's code T-H-E-W-O-R-D at IVPress.com. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag GetInTheWord and hashtag TruthsTable. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. Get in the Word with Truth's Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee. Let's go, so